What is good, Am Bush? And welcome to another episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast with me, your host here on the DTP, the Colton G. And this week on Desert Tiger, I am joined by Daz the Punk. We're going to give you a little bit of a brief introduction into who Daz is right away here. But first, there's a few things we're going to take care of. So first off, I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Secondly, I just want to remind you that I Love DTP is the best place where you can go ahead and support the podcast because it's where you go and deck yourself out with the latest and greatest Desert Tiger podcast swag, including some sweet hats and toques that you can go and see up on that store right away i believe they're going to be up there next week and we're going to have some other things rolling out throughout the spring too so keep your eyes open on that space today's episode is also brought to you by the best app for those of you who are into combat sports whether it's pro wrestling whether it's mma whether it is boxing that's right you guys know i'm talking about fight tv you can find it in your app store and find the hardest hitting action today with free shows and pay-per-views as well we're also brought to you today by audible audible has the largest selection of audio programs available and they are giving you the audience of desert tiger a free audiobook with a 30-day trial subscription over at audibletrial.com slash desert tiger all right ambush why why don't we talk a little bit about daz the punk now originally starting out in the small town diy punk and metal scenes daz the punk would first earn his chops as a drummer both recording and touring with various acts, such as Necro Holocaust. About two years ago, Daz would decide to take a break from this scene and some of the situations it had led him to. Shifting his priorities and cleaning himself up in the process, this decision would lead to him rediscovering a love of hip-hop music, which in turn led to him using poetry as a method of healing and release. A conversation with a friend would eventually take Daz into the studio to fully explore this new realm, and the result? A six-song EP, which he released in 2019. Since that release, Daz has continued to strive to create music for those true underdogs, and... Those who don't just accept the world as it is presented to them. Today, Daz the Punk joins me to talk all about that process of cleaning up and finding hip-hop music again. We talk a little bit about that six-song EP, and we also discuss what, what Daz has coming up in the future. Spoiler alert, it is three, three different EPs that he plans on releasing in 2020, and we're going to dive into details about every single one of them. So I hope that you guys are ready, because I'm about to spin one of those tracks off that six-song EP to kick this bad boy off. And this is one for the underdog. 
the dog is you I write these rhymes for the ones that never had a hope in hell And the ones who are tore down and locked in a cell I write rhymes for the hated and the unforgiven And the suicidal mothers who forfeit living I write them for the dealers and the fiends alike For the slimies and the crimes with the platinum and ice For the hoods and the thugs that only come out at night And for the itchy trigger fingers that never thought twice I write them for the gamblers on the corner rolling dice I write them for the ones who walk the edge of the knife I write them all reality so fuck all the hype I write about reality cause that's fucking life I write all this shit because I'm trying to break through I write it just cause that's what I was sent to do And this one's for the underdog And the underdog is you Desert Tiger Podcast. We are here with Daz the Punk. And Daz, Daz grew up a little bit of the uh, punk, the metalhead mindset, much much like myself. But now he's embracing an entirely different world, an entirely different way of expression. It's still in the musical realm, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot different while still embracing his roots and we're gonna get all into that today so i want to thank my guest today daz the punk for joining me here on the desert tiger podcast thanks for having me man i'm super excited to get into this conversation today you sound like you're incredibly inspired with the work that you're doing right now and it sounds like you really have a good message yeah i've got a, a multitude of different sort of faces i'm showing through this it's really diverse you know, it's, it allows me to have total and utter creative freedom because, you know, I'm, I'm on my own for the most part, all my ideas and concepts and things come from me. 
I don't have to, you know, <clears throat> wait for anybody else to think of an idea to make something happen. And I have other people I work with, uh, producers and engineer guys um, that help me put everything together, which I'm extremely grateful for because obviously I wouldn't have anything at all if it wasn't for those people. Absolutely. You know, but um, for the most part, it's like I, you know, different styles and, and like, you know, hip hop nowadays from what I gather is, you know, what I'm seeing is it's, it's very diverse. You've got so many different layers to it, so many different styles. And it's basically like a huge melting pot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one minute I find I'm doing something that's a, you know, like an old school Dre vibe. And then the next minute I find I'm doing something that's trap with, you know, different, totally different style of rhyming and lyrics or more poetic or more different, deeper meanings. And it's just kind of a total creative freedom. And I'm jumping back and forth from right now from basically three different EPs that are two, you know, like, like totally different styles. Um, each one of them is a completely different monster, you know? So yeah, I'm really excited about all that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you've got quite a few different directions you're going, which is cool like you said with the melting pot i find that a lot of artists are slowly less holding themselves to the binds of genre and mm -hmm. like style and more so embracing various different things and you even see it in like a lot of artists in canada who like started early like maestro fresh west where like his last album like started to incorporate a lot of trap vibes which a lot of people weren't really sure he would even like be able to cover but even he himself like began like to go into this melting pot and he himself was more of the boom bap style he was a lot more of the other things the old and, school like, style and yeah. then like but when you start mixing it up with the other kids and seeing what they're doing and it's just like he's just started to get inspired i'm i'm so new to hip-hop world you know what i know is from when i was a kid that's how what i knew of what rap or hip-hop was was when i was you know a, a little skater punk kid you know listening to i listened to everything i listened you know i was like when i was younger it was wu-tang cypress hill and you know just the some of the basic you know like onyx and stuff like that and it's okay. like 90s stuff right because you know um that was where that was when i started actually really diving into music but i was also listening to you know other stuff as well like lots of heavy stuff and some punk stuff and like alternative things and i just liked music in general it was kind of part of more of a skate culture you know i, I love the like the aesthetic of of you know graffiti and like you know sort of rundown buildings and that you know where people make their home but it's like there's still something going on there you know and like that that's kind of culture i like i don't really like anything that's super sterile and like orderly and i like stuff with character and so all of that stuff like kind of resonated with me like all those different genres so it's not really a big surprise that i was open to getting into hip-hop it was it was a really extreme shift from going from where i was right before you know um doing crust punk and grindcore and like uh you know metal and like extreme metal blast beating kind of like mm -hmm. crazy stuff but i um i think what happened was like you know trying to change my life around um looking for something new um hip-hop kind of presented itself to me I didn't go looking for, I didn't say, Hey, well, I think I'll just do this now. Like it was kind of like a very slow, gradual process. You know, I had no music with me when I came back here. I had nothing. I left everything I owned and 
uh, a roommate I was living with um, kind of lent me an iPod that had a bunch of music on it. And it had, um, you know, a whole bunch of uh, stuff that I wasn't really at the time because coming from where I was, and I was like, oh, I don't know any of these bands. I don't like it. really a lot of the stuff that's on here because it wasn't in my, my, my head. I was thinking, oh, this isn't me. This isn't what I'm about, right? But um, it was music, so I was just listening to this music. And there was one album on there. It was a Prodigy's Fat of the Land. That's like an album that was out when I was in high school. And uh, I was like, oh, I know this. You know, I was like working for this company, you know, construction company. I was listening to this album, and there's this track on it called Diesel Power. It's got... Uh, this dude rapping on it and it actually turned out later i found out to be cool keith okay right um which now after listening to dr octagon and like you know a lot of the cool keith stuff like it's like it doesn't surprise me now that i go back and listen to that song because that to me is like kind of opened the door for me a little bit and it was like <clears throat> yeah i think I, I think what i like about this track is it's kind of got like this heavy drum and bass thing to it and it's got like this rapping over it, it sounds fucking wicked and um on the iPod, there was a bunch of other stuff that was familiar. The names were familiar to be like hip hop. So I'm like, well, I started listening to that, you know, and this is like, you know, the basics, J five tribe called quest, yeah. Biggie smalls, okay. um, and stuff like that, you know? So I started kind of venturing into that other territory. And then I, I was had, you know, I was always writing lyrics since I was a kid. So I just started, decided to, I was like, well, I bet I could write, try it out and see what happens. Right. So I just started writing. And I wrote for a few months and I just would write these pages and pages of these rhymes and pages and pages and pages. And it's funny because like a few of my friends and roommates, so like I would read them these rhymes and they were kind of like, oh, cool, man. You know, cool. And I was just like, I could never really do this. This is yeah. just like, what a fucking pipe dream, you know, like it wasn't even a dream at the time. It was just kind of like I was just writing. And this one day I was writing, I ran into a friend He and he asked me if I wanted to record he asked me to read it to him, so I read it to him. This is uh, Lex Plexus. Okay. Right? And he's the guy who I worked with on the first EP, um, him and Brent the Butcher, right? And, like, we spent what turned into, you know, what started out as one song, you know, the first song, which was No Rhyme, No Reason. That yeah. was the first song all I ever recorded and, and really, really ever wrote. That started us on a six-month adventure making that EP and every time you'd be like, Oh, this isn't good enough. We need to like go in there and refine this. And Lex Plexus is, is really good with that. Like he, he's got this, he's got this way of diving into every single sound and, and, and everything that happens on that whole EP happens in like a specific order so that you're hearing these things. And then he's, you know, he's got lots of stuff going on with the, with the, with the mastering technique, you know, like lots of, and then there's lots of, you know, auto panning on certain tracks where it's like you're, if you're listening to it on headphones, it's like spacing you out all over the place, right? Like that. But yeah, so that, that was, that was how this whole thing kind of got, got off the ground. And, uh, after that I ran, I met, um, through, through a bit of, you know, hanging out with a couple new people and local rapper guys like, you know, Otis Davis or Gray Baker and, um, stuff. I met Ethan Keeley okay. and Ethan Keeley, um, is like fantastic beat producer. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's making all the stuff for a lot of the guys that I know. And it's just, he's great at it. And so, yeah. And so that's where the new EP is coming from is from Ethan Keeley. He's producing all the beats. Okay. Yeah. And he recently did the uh, track for your latest video, Father, right? 
Yeah, that's the first single off of the new EP. Okay, cool. Yeah. And there will be um, right now. I've got like five songs mm-hmm. for it, three of which are recorded, and then there's still you know two of them that are forming their lyrical patterns and and got to still nail down all the parts and make sure everything's exactly how I want. And then I think we might try to get one more in there, but yeah. Okay, cool. So before we jump into exactly that, you mentioned that you had the lyrics before, or some of the lyrics at least, before you started doing the beats. So you had the lyrics before No Rhyme, No Reason, before you had the beats to it? Yeah. Okay, so when you're reading it out to him, do you already have an idea of the cadence that you want the song to go into? Because like when I write a song like without a beat, sometimes I already have an idea of the way that I want to do it. So did you already give him the idea of like the way that you wanted the song to flow or did you have to adapt the flow of the song based on how things were built? Well, um, for the most part, everything was already laid out and no rhyme, no reason actually was like, you know, I was writing these little snippets and it was just, it was mostly, it was bars mostly, Mm -hmm. you know, there was no actual real topic that anything was on. So finally I was like, I've got enough stuff here to try to compile into this big song. Because my whole thing was like seeing once I wrote so much, I would just try to go, okay, this kind of conceptually works with this line and this connects with this. And then I would take certain lines out and just to make it so that it fit in my head. Because I have a good timing. I'm a drummer. Yeah. So like being able to like read the lyrics and know when changes were was you know mostly simple like you know 16 bars i didn't even call it then at the time i didn't even call it that i just was like i could just feel where it was supposed to change into a chorus or a hook it just came naturally yeah so basically i um went to his house and and like the the whole thing with the the first ep is that we literally like because i didn't know anything about rap we're just like these two dudes in a basement who'd never done rap before so did you know what like an 808 was no, I didn't know anything. Wow. All I knew was that what I, all I knew was what I kind of had a vision in my head of how things should sound or even like how, how, um, the way that, how I thought it should sound should create visual and imagination and stuff. And I had this thing in my mind that controlled every single song, you know? So we wrote and made all of those beats, um, from scratch, like between Lex Plexus and me doing all that it was all from scratch and i think that makes it super special because you know it's everything on it's a living piece of art and it's like we didn't use beat programs like we use natural instruments there's slide guitar on it there's um you know different programs we did manual beats i actually played the drums on like one of the songs, Lex Plexus actually pl- played a, a drum part on one of the songs, and we just put this thing together, and it's got it's got so many elements at play in it, right? Like six months for six tracks is is quite a while, right? Well, you guys had to verse yourself because he himself is also from the rock and roll slash metal world too, he, right? He, he was in the beginning, yeah. He was in the in in the in the like in, you know in the early '90s and stuff. He used to play for Sadistic Humor, and um, he's a fantastic guitar player as well. But he got into doing the Lex Plexus and, you know, his other stuff, Sean Lusu, uh, his solo project and stuff like that. He's got, um, he's just a multi-faced, you know, kind of creative force. He's got, like, his electronic stuff 
it's all over the place, you know? And actually I had heard, it's funny because I had heard his album Stellar Trip and I told him, I was like, man, I heard your CD and I played it. If you like, it's, it's, cause I was starting to get into electronic, like I was mentioning, you know, like Eamon Tobin and like, you know, it was this thing, the prodigy. And there was a lot of electronic that was also on that iPad. So, or that iPod. So I was getting into all this other new stuff and it was fresh for me because, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know how I can really get back into music or play music and go back to the scene and be sober or just like, you know, it was just a totally new, I was spending a lot more time by myself than being influenced by any other outside creative force. That's kind of what brought this whole thing around, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it was a way to express yourself without having to necessarily, um, cause like having a band, you need to jam with the band, writing around the band requires, communication and sometimes let's face it not everybody is the greatest at those facets of everything so it allowed you to very true do that especially when you're going through a recovery being able to get out those emotions and being able to release them right away as opposed to having to have that wait time is definitely beneficial i would find yeah well um that's what like going back to what i was saying about being kind of the lone wolf a little bit with the creative um with the creative vision and and like being able to be like i've got this in my head i've got this is the kind of the way it sounds you know obviously when you do anything creatively like if you let your brain take over too much you know you you're not going to really get the purest form of creative force from you yourself you know because your brain has a rep you know my brain has a reputation within my life of just fucking everything up <laughs> you know it's like it's like no you're not sleeping tonight you're gonna think about this all night and it's not even gonna do you any good you know like my brain will just it won't shut off a lot of the time i find that there's like a really like there's like a really fine line between me like tapping into a super deep creative force sort of part of my life and then me just being a brainiac uh manic crazy fuck you know like but then if i could find that fine line between like half awake and half asleep you know what i mean that's when mm -hmm. i find that my creative stuff flows where there's no holds barred and it just comes out and and when i listen to it later on when i have a straight head i'm like whoa what the fuck was i thinking i don't even know where this came from it just came from somewhere else and that to me is like the true creative nature right mm -hmm. when you sort of get in like this lucid dream flow where it's like you're not actually dreaming you're not in like control your mind is just like going though and it's exploring entirely different realms yeah. and like ways to express different visions that like you see and like, how can I word this within different ways to mm -hmm. like, or do I want to veil it within a certain way? Do I want it to be upfront? And it's really a beautiful way of how like you go about creating it. Well, your mind is like a computer and your thoughts are, you know, thought your thoughts don't really exist in my, and this is where I'm coming from. So this may not, you know, a lot of people may not see this the way I think uh, I see this. And some people think I'm a little out of touch with reality. But um, what really is reality, you know, in my, my mind nowadays, I think that. But yeah, So basically, you know, my computer mind wants to think all these thoughts and these thoughts don't really exist. And these thoughts are made up of whatever. And if, if I let these thoughts take hold, they can really manifest into my reality, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I find it's like it's way better when my thoughts just shut the fuck up and, I, and let me carry on and then I let like a creative driving force just take me wherever that wants to go you know 
and that's really all that's like that's how you really get to know who you are underneath all of this right because all like you know a, a lot of all people know is what i show them and they don't know really who i am or what i am or like where i'm from or where i'm coming from at all all they see is what i show them and that's that's all I can offer, you know, like in the, in this world. And if I'm through my music and lyrics or through any kind of thing that I'm doing, uh, they can take what they want from that. And even then, whatever they take will probably not really be the message I'm trying to portray. And it'll just be a f small fraction of what I'm really trying to let out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a kind of a struggle for sure. Well, everyone's free to their own interpretation for sure mm -hmm. of the art mediums and especially like the way that you express something and the way that helps you deal with something like say someone of a different background, of course, being someone of an underground mm -hmm. of an underdog, like the underdog story comes from so many different backgrounds and so many different mm -hmm. things. Whereas like me and you like can say that like we're very different people, but I'm sure there's certain situations in our lives where like we could have ended up within certain rounds and like even just talking to you, like we're very like-minded people at the end of the day, yeah, no matter what. So it's like, it's very different because like everyone was also very worried about like the thought of originality, but if you allow the thought of originality to corrupt like the things that you're trying to express, then suddenly like the first original thought you had, whether it was original or not, no matter like how original yeah, things are, all, it's like it's already corrupted by the thought of, oh, is that original enough? Yeah, you're always going to be you. And it's and, and when you're, especially if you're an artist, it's to be original. Nowadays, like there's, there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with misinformation or information or any of that stuff. There's such an overabundance of that stuff. And it's just, you know, everything is so oversaturated. Media is oversaturated. Everyone's got their own YouTube channel. Everyone's got their own digital platform and their mm -hmm. blogs. And people can just say or judge or all with the click of a button, they can do all these things. They, like the only, the only um, chance you even stand at all um, in a world of like this is to just try to just be yourself and let that happen mm -hmm. without comparing yourself to other artists or even really getting in the mix with the scene too much because the scene has got so much stuff going on in it as well that can pull you away from your creative process and that can distract you from, you know, and influence that in a way. And it's, it can be good or it can be bad, but like it, it, a lot of the time I find that my best stuff comes out when I'm like, I hate to say, it, but you know, kind of like in isolation, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like, it's, it's, it can be a painful process or a joyful process where I'm, where I'm like pacing back and forth. I'm either pacing back and forth in my apartment being like, you know, am I wasting time? Am I wasting time? I should be writing something. And then I sit down and I can't fucking squeeze a word out, you know, but then there's other times where I'm like, put it, I put a beat on and I'm like, fuck. And I just grab it and I just write something and it just comes out mm -hmm. you know so it's like a gamble right you really know there is no middle ground for me um, with that creative process it's either one thing or another it's up or it's down and i you know i'm still like you know i i don't know anything about it really it's just like my best bet is to just let who i am in my creative process be itself and flow freely and that's that's the best way to get results mm -hmm. and that also goes to the um expression and who do you allow to see yourself also goes back to the idea of genre which ties into niche which like let's say with the idea of social media where like a lot of people feel like oh i gotta make a page and my page has to be based on an entire niche and it's just like well 
what's wrong with letting like if you're going to let people into your life what's wrong with letting people into knowing exactly who you are why are you trying to create a special vision of who you are because like if this person was to meet you in real life like that entire like ideal and like vision that you've created can come crumbling down very quickly Hmm. well you know i think your best bet is to like just just you know not fake it mm-hmm. and just be like here it is here i am here's my songs here's my pictures here's my here's my personal story i mean you know like I, lately it's only lately i've been open to talking about my past and my personal you know experiences that have led me certain places and my addictions and stuff like that you know like i've been an addict for most of my life you know and like most of my life and mm. and now finally just you know barely coming out of it and and still struggling with a lot of things like i'm open to talking about those things because i th- feel like that can inspire people to open up and talk about their things and it's all about kind of like being able to also listen to other people talk about their things and share their stories and maybe express themselves through their songs or their artwork or whatever and you know even like recently um i put up a series of photos on the internet that have, you know, it's just like, you know, there's a bit of skin, you know, it's not, it's not supposed to be pornography. Mm -hmm. Some people think that it is, you know, there's always that there's, there's both sides of that. There's an art to the body though. And especially like the body is a canvas. It was mostly about vulnerability for me and acceptance of my own body and my own face and kind of like embracing a fearlessness to it, right? And even even with that whole process, like you went, you know, for me that process lasted probably like a few days and maybe still will come back, you know. But it's like I'm thinking constantly. I'm like, fuck, was that a, right, a good idea? You know, was that really what it was about? What were my intentions with that? But my intentions were that it was like I was sitting on those pictures for so long, and I was like embarrassed to put them out. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't like my face. You know, I don't like my face. I don't like my body. I don't like my fucking tattoos. I just don't like myself. I had everything to do with me hating myself really. And then, you know, after putting the video for father out where I was just like being, that was a very vulnerable song and a very vulnerable sort of like approach to music. I've never, ever taken. Um, it's, it's a mellow sort of slow, somber, haunting sort of sounding song with personal, personal lyrics with multiple layers of meaning in it. And that to me was my most vulnerable piece of music. So I figured, you know, um, maybe I'm just like, you know, I looked at the pictures and I'm like, fuck it. And I just went and I put them out in a series with captions above them explaining kind of in in an artistic poetic sort of way and best I could, Mm -hmm. um, describing like you know about reflection and vulnerability and um my my progression um and just like kind of an admittance to be like i don't really exist like i've i've done all the drugs i've done every fucking drug in the goddamn book and now i'm sober looking at who i am Mm -hmm. and there's really nobody there you know what i mean all that is there that exists is what i create It's whatever you decide to do, because like you are energy. However you decide to purpose that energy, right, is exactly what you do with it. And like other people can try and purpose your energy for you. But if you take control of your energy and you make it your own, that's beautiful. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you stand a chance at doing. And you know what? If the world likes it, then that's cool and it doesn't really matter. 
But if the world doesn't like it, then it doesn't really fucking matter anyways. Because all you are is a flicker of light in an infinite fucking time setting or whatever that is. You know, like you're just, we really are, we really are all, like the, the, the whole existence of the human race in the eyes of a, a universe that's been around galaxies and all this kind of stuff, the endless universes and stuff is just, we're just a flicker, mm-hmm. you know? And we have to be like here and enjoy that as much as we can. There's no sense in being scared or being afraid of, of just being open and letting ourselves get to know what it's like. We, it's like, it's interesting. We're in these human bodies and a lot, most people don't question any of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, it's the same thing with everyone drives a car, but most people don't know anything about cars. I mean, I'm not saying I know anything about cars, but I'm just saying that it's like we do all these things and we do them. And we take everything for granted and we don't even understand why we're here. We're just on autopilot, you know, a lot of it is instilled with us. And especially from like the the terms of underdog or something else, like for a lot of years in society to step out even a thousand years ago to step out or even a hundred years ago is like someone who is unique or thinks in a different way that is outside. Or you'd be crucified. Exactly. Like you would be someone who would be taken out. So like we as human beings have like taken on this subconscious feeling that like if we step outside of what is considered normal, which like normal shifts, like huge amounts almost every single day, Mm -hmm. even if we don't notice it, but it's like what is considered normal if you step outside of it, the fear of just being like different or just just countercultural yeah. or any of that stuff. Well, I don't really, you know, normal is not really a word that I've been able to really make sense of. When, oh, when I think that people are normal or when I say I'm not normal, it, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. To me, there's only conformity. And conformity is like the way things have been made and groomed to be. And somebody has thought of that through their willful action and intention in some other way. Um, you know, for example, like Aleister Crowley, uh, his book, Magic in Theory and Practice, he talks about, it's like the idea of magic, to put it in a very blunt way, was um, it, magic is an intentional act of will that causes change within conformity. And that's all it is. So, for example, um, if I have... Uh, greater influence one day through my music on things like say for you know like the way that the way that he even wrote that book and writing that book he affected a lot of different people in the way that they live their lives in the way that they try to manifest their dreams or speak, make their vision become a reality and in doing that writing that book and releasing that information to people and and breaking down the science of willpower um, into causing change within your life or in other people's lives, that was an act of magic in itself. Yes. So um, that's what I mean. It's like you, like I, like I feel like I don't really, there's nobody really in there that really exists. And this is where we get into like collective conscious, you know what I mean? Like I'm in this body and this body is a vehicle for something that's in there that is creating things and that's what defines me in this reality or this simulation if you will you know like it's like that's that's how I feel about it so the more like I'm I'm constantly consistently on my grind doing this music and even like I it's like yeah I'm doing hip-hop I'm doing hip-hop and and in in layman's terms I'm doing hip-hop but hip-hop is now it's like really it's just another extension of my artistic personality or my artistic uh 
or my creative side, right? Yes. So it has really nothing to really do with what genre it falls under. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another form of music. It's another extension of what's going on, uh, creative reflection, right? And it just happens to be in a really diverse, exciting kind of new way. It's all, once again, is how do you decide to use that energy? What is your intention with it? And like hip hop can be used, just like metal or punk, it can be used in so many different fashions where in popular culture, yes, it's got like a lot of people just think, oh, it's all about going to the club and doing all this other stuff. And it's, but at the core of it too, like, there's a lot of hip hop artists that also do make those songs that also make really deep music that is about mm-hmm. living in like heavy situations mm-hmm. and everything else. And it's really, it's what do you decide to do with the energy within you, once you're within that realm? Cause like you can also be a carpenter as a carpenter, like you can build so many different things. Mm-hmm. Are you going to build with concrete are you going to build a skyscraper are you just going to build a house are you they're all a different shack? mediums exactly. yeah they're all different mediums of you know whatever it's like it's all different kinds of canvases blank canvases and you know i think when you you know and there's there's there is rappers there's like mo, there's like i guess it's also part of rap culture hip-hop culture to, to be maybe not so much hip-hop culture but like rapper culture is you know, talk a lot about glorifying, um, having more, you know, lots of money, having lots of, you know, having chains around your neck and having, drinking the finest booze, like it's no big deal or doing the drugs or acting, you know, like you own the world. And that's like this weird self-entitlement ego shit that's getting pumped. And I really don't think now is the time in the world where people need to be hearing that kind of bullshit, you know? And like, you know, people are going to do what they do, but I don't necessarily like, I I would not have an easy time writing like, like that. I would just feel like I'm not really doing anybody favors, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think like that music is hugely popular, um, especially in the clubs and with most people. And that just kind of goes to show, you know, where we're at as, as, humans in the world Mm -hmm. right now being influenced by this ego ego culture Mm -hmm. you know and what exactly is our goals as a culture and as a society because if that is exactly what we're promoting and what we're putting on our pedestal what exactly are we trying to achieve with that like what where do we move forward from that well there really is no moving forward with it that's just it and that's why it's it's shallow you know what I mean? It's incredibly shallow. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I think one of the whole things is we've been like, we've been desensitized and demoralized and, you know, um, now we're just, you know, no, especially with, with, like I said, misinformation and information and oversaturation of all of those things, like makes it so that people don't even really know what they're doing or they don't know what is right or what is wrong or what's the truth and what is lies, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, misinformation itself is incredibly crazy because, like, news outlets will go and push whatever it is that they think will bring in links, and it's especially, like, as a newscaster, like, we're promoted to push, like, clickbait. Clickbait is the big thing because it brings in ad revenue because the more people that see your website, (laughs) the more ads that get driven, and it's like, and you see it with all of the, like, panic media that gets produced too and it's like it's crazy 
Well, I mean, that's where we're at right now, especially in in the world. Like, if you don't like one news outlet because you you personally don't agree with it, then there's another one that's for you that says the same story but in a completely different way. And how are you supposed to know what's actually going on? Nobody knows what's going on. And like I said, like the last thing people need to be listening to is a bunch of telling them that, you know, just to be better than everyone Mm -hmm. and to like to rule over other people because that will serve you better. And it's just like this, it's kind of like this fucked up, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's taking people away from the things that are valuable in life, actually, like, you know, like connection and and relationships and and like making um, you know doing doing good work with other people and trust for your for your fellow mm-hmm. human you know and especially like what kind of relationships do you build inside of those scenarios as well too because they say like you're a um you're a reflection of the people you surround yourself with the most so if like you're putting yourself in those environments like what is that doing for you too like, well there's people out there that literally make fortunes off of making sure that they put themselves in certain positions to be around people that have money and that, and, you know, and, and those are the the vultures, you know, you can't, if you have a lot of money or something, you know, you're going to have to watch everybody. If you like all of this stuff is written in some of the most, by some of the most legendary rappers because they mm-hmm. know about these kinds of things, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Nas sung about that in one of his songs off it was written talking about you should use your eyes you know because like and you better watch them because they're waiting for you to turn your back at any second and as soon as you look away for one second they could just rob you blind or whatever you know what i mean like all of it's kind of like laid out with that because those guys were living that life you know i don't live that life i got barely anything i got like i have everything in lots of senses and i'm rich in a lot of senses but i don't have any money you know I'm just like, but I, I'm blessed in the way that I've got like people that want to help me make the vision into reality. And, and like, I, you know, I'm grateful for that. So I try to, you know, work with what I have and not use those kinds of influences within my music, telling people to do stupid things. Well, let's get into some of those influences inside of Daz the Punk's music right away here. Before we do that, I think we should go ahead and spin another song off of Daz's six-song EP for you guys, The Ambush here. But of course, before we do that, we have to take care of a little bit of business. You guys know we have to go ahead and shout out the main way you can support the podcast, of course, that is I love DTP.com, where you can go ahead and get yourself rocked out in the latest Desert Tiger gear and rep the show everywhere you go. Of course, today's show is also brought to you by these wonderful affiliates and sponsors. Are you a manic pro wrestling fan such as myself? Or maybe, maybe MMA is more your style. Maybe boxing is your flavor. Well, let me tell you about your new favorite website, your new favorite app. It's all about Fight TV. And let me tell you why. That's because Fight TV is where you're going to find the highest quality pay-per-views and even the highest quality and free shows. They have free events in all of these categories as well. That's right. That's right. 
you can head on over there right now download it in your app store and get started with some of the hardest hitting action in the game with the biggest streaming library in combat sports and if you're a fan of other sports too let me tell you fight tv has you covered as they're just starting to add things like soccer they're expanding very quickly they're hard hitting that's right fight tv download it today today's episode is also brought to you by audible Audible is offering you guys, the listeners of Desert Tiger, The Ambush. They're offering you one free audio book with a 30-day trial subscription of their service. And Audible happens to have the largest library of audio programs available, including audio books for you to sink not only your teeth, but your ears into whatever it is that you're looking for. Audible most definitely has something that is going to fit your interests, especially if you love reading but maybe don't necessarily have the time to read all of the time. Well, you just had to head on over to www.audibletrial.com slash desert tiger. That's right, audibletrial.com slash desert tiger. One free audiobook with a 30-day trial subscription of Audible. Alright, it's about time that we go ahead and spin another track and go ahead and trust me that this is Fire. Deeper than cuts thrown from fast knives Through blaster chastise 
in flames from blackened eyes. Hedonistical at mythical proportions, killing aristocrats with lyrical distortions. Reads majestic contortions of mass audio proportions, causing convulsions straight through your skull, son. Making your shit come undone, feeling tremors from your brain to your thumbs to your heels. I slap the shit out your cheap shit appeal. You don't have the balls to be it for real, so get fucked off or seal the deal, son. Bad to the core like Bronson. Get your gear laced, get your shit together, son. For the mass motherfucking devastation. I got the fire, burning the fire, I got the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars, I'm walking the wire, I got the fire, burning the fire, I got the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars, I'm walking the wire, I got the fire, burning the fire, I got the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars, I'm walking the wire, I got the fire, burning the fire, I got the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars, I'm walking the wire. My thoughts become twisted like a double shot of poison like I'm double fisted I tried to make the mark except I missed it I reject the limp wristed who don't just want me to fall they expect and insist it they give me all the drugs and the booze I need to get pissed with so the relationship between me and my heart becomes distant please help somebody I need assistance I'm trying to keep up a healthy resistance but in every instance I read about these fucked up incidents and I become choked and way deep down inside my hatred becomes provoked will I be the next one to get smoked this shit is no joke but I have to wonder sometimes the more I see the rise and violent crimes and people getting shot over nickels and dimes in the alleyways with the scum and the slime and the more that I read about it my fear is refined and bent out of shape as I'm thinking about the killing and rape and the evil in the hearts of men as I stick my head in the lion's den if I ever get out of this godforsaken place I hope I never have to come back again but until then I have my pen and the pen is mightier than the sword and the price of ignorance is more than I can afford and the names of the dead they're too many to record and I can see the scores written on the board it reads 2-0 but that's what I get for being a hero. I got the fire, burning the fire, burning the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars. I'm walking the wire. I got the fire, burning the fire, I got the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars. I'm walking the wire. I got the fire, burning the fire, burning the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars. I'm walking the wire. I got the fire, burning the fire, burning the fire, burning the liars, burning the liars. I'm walking the wire. Jaded. The Desert Tiger Podcast. All right. Well, let's talk about what you're working on and let's talk about some of the influences that you're going to be talking about going into the future. I've heard that you have three different EPs that you're hoping to release here in 2020. Each of them seem to have a different idea behind them. I've heard the titles of two of them. One of them being Surveillance, the other one is Songs for the Underdog Volume 1. Not sure about the third one, so let's take a dive into each three of those EPs, what okay. their importance is and all that. All let's right. start off with Surveillance. I'm good with this. Okay, Surveillance um, initially was supposed to be the first one that was going to, and, and maybe even only one that I had planned. Um, and that one is done with a, uh, a very dear friend of mine. His name is Leon Rossico. He does all my videos. Okay. And um, he's just, you know, we've been, he's been a longtime friend for over 20 years. 
mm-hmm. you know, and he's recorded a lot of my punk bands. He's seen me grow up from young teenager to where I'm at now. I'm still just as immature, but you know, he, it's a four track EP. Um, it's a concept sort of EP and it's called surveillance because of the idea of surveillance capitalism and how all of that uh, manipulation and all of those things tie into the war system that we live in and that we've created for ourselves as a society. So that's kind of what that's about. And it's got like all, uh, you know, all of these EPs are being created completely different through different processes. So this one, I am composing the songs and the beats um, with the help of Leon okay. and his, um, you know, he's co-producing it with me and engineering um, the recording. Um, you know, he's got a, re- a really nice studio at his place and we go there and it's like, we just kind of chip away at these songs. It's it's kind of similar to the way that Lex Plexus and I did it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that it's like, it's, it's all original stuff. There's no, um, there, like there's no kind of, <clears throat> we didn't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how anybody else really does it, but we, you know, it's like we don't use any kind of sample packs or anything like that. We make everything ourselves and then we like tweak every sound. And then once we add a new thing, we have to go back and tweak more little things about that sound so that they fit with the new sounds. And it kind of is like a turns into this living piece of art. Like I was saying before. Yeah. So that's four tracks and there's probably only about one track left to go on that in the writing process. Okay. And it's gonna. It's more based on. It's it's almost like, it's almost like, Public Enemy, crossed with Nine Inch Nails or Skinny Puppy or something like that. Like, but in an early '80s kind of way. Huh. So it's got like a retro industrial sound to it. Um. As and it's got you know there's there's a lot of heavy guitars incorporated into it. And now that's something that I was iffy about because rap metal is something I don't want to be doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and coming from crust punk, there's a lot of elements of that in it as well. Uh, you know, like discharge and like doom and, and like, you know, the whole idea of like everything being sort of politically based. Mm-hmm. That's um, so it's like it's almost like crust punk crossed with like. Um, super low tuned heavy guitars with like there's there's lots of you know rock and roll bends and uh, stuff like that in it and the and yeah all the lyrical concept is all all like political stuff right and based on war and based on revolution and based on like um, you know talking about like how everything's about to like go off and and explode you know because the tensions are so high in the world and yeah so there's that Okay. Yeah. Very true. Things can only uh, continue to boil for so long before things, mm-hmm. before the pot goes over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So it sounds like you're getting pretty deep on that one. Yeah, it's still in the works. Like, it's hard to really say really much more about that. You know, that's coming out probably more closer to summer. And that'll be the second release of this year. And then the other release um, that is coming up, you know, I scheduled it for May 1st. All right. And... It's called Songs for the Underdog, Volume 1. Because my first single from the first EP was called One for the Underdog. I'm yeah. sure you've heard that. And um, there's the, you know, the video for that. That was your first video, That right? was my first song, first video that came out. And, you know, so in that song, I touch bass on, I write him for this and I write him for that. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, you know, that song... Um, 
for a lot of people they've they've said oh yes yeah, it's really repetitive and stuff like that and and you you're not really talking about the underdog you're just kind of saying different kinds of underdogs but then that song being the only song of that nature on the first release there's no other songs about the underdog on the first release really yeah it's just that one that's why it's like one for the underdog you know so i decided that writing a series of songs for the underdog based on different and this is why i call it volume one as well it's because i plan in the future to do a continuation of of songs for the underdog volume two because really like you say we're all underdogs in our own way and everybody has this story underneath that has led them to where they are and we've all gone through troubles and 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 you know uh trials and tribulations of life and and some have it you know worse than others and and whatnot but everybody kind of has a story so i try to like you know uh have an unbiased creative standpoint in these songs where I'm not telling people what's right or what's wrong. I'm just merely reflecting as sort of a journalist on the realities of certain lives that lives that people have lived. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a song about there's, it's more personal stuff, you know, like father is on there. It has to do with, um, you know, your personal relationship with God or your personal relationship with your father, or if you are a father, mm -hmm. you can hear meaning within it as well. Right. And it's kind of like a prayer. And then there's, um, there's a, you know, a song about intravenous drug use and the lifestyle that, um, you know, it's basically a song about a syringe from a medic metaphorical standpoint. Right. And, um, and then, you know, talk like a lot about the different cycles of abuse within, um, different, all, you know, different walks of life and different classes and races and stuff like that. And how really the abuses of power is what causes a lot of these dynamics to happen and problems to occur in, in the world. So there's like talk about that. There's talk of, um, there's a song that covers, you know, the highway of tears and highway 16 and missing a murdered indigenous uh, women and men and topic. things like that. And yeah, it's a really important topic. Something that doesn't get nearly. That's a really like the, that. Yeah. That, that topic to me is like, it's, it's a hard one to research because you really, you're, you know, more documentaries you watch and the more interviews you watch with victims, families and, the more you like read the massive list of reported missing names and things like that, the, the like the sadder it gets. But you know, um, yeah. So that one's one track on that. That's yeah. still in. That's still kind of in the works uh, lyrically. That's 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 a tough topic to handle. It's a so really tough topic that. to handle. Uh, for for me, it's really tough as well. You know, mm -hmm. because like I have, um, you know, I've got a daughter, and and I think about all these people that have lost their children. On, the, on that highway and then it just it, it, yeah just like you know i could talk about that for a while that i think that whole situation runs a lot deeper than most people like to admit yeah but even then who knows mm -hmm. really i don't know you know all i know is what i've researched and i barely began to crack the surface of anything you know um anyways that's that and then there's another song on there a couple other songs on there they're still in the works i don't want to really reveal all of it you know but it's basically a concept for all the underdogs that are out there and it's not the last one i'll do with that like you said it's only volume one yeah and it could just you could have endless volumes of that the way the world is you know and the kind of the amount of people that you see and on the third ep um was with a different guy um who just recently contacted me and said that he was you know he's like hey i do beats you know you want to check it out what do you want to do? and i didn't really get back to him um quickly at first 
because I, I have a lot of people that send me beats and sometimes I'm like, I'm feeling this and sometimes I'm not feeling this or sometimes I have absolutely no time to open it and even listen to it and get anything from it because the state of mind that I'm in is like, go, 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 go. But I had to listen to some of these beats and I was just like, you know, this is totally modern and totally different and he's got all these beats and he's, he would like to work with me. So I started kind of writing and the writing style that I got out of working with these particular sounds is totally out of my normal thing. Like it's way more poetic based. I use a lot of broken language and, and sort of slang terms. And like, um, it's based a lot about my personal addictions within my lifestyle as a drug addict and, mm -hmm. and all of those things. Like it talks a lot about drugs and alcohol and talks a lot about just like, e you know, ego from an egotistical standpoint. Um, talks a lot about like, manipulation of self and talks a lot about like sex and talks a lot about like just like those dark 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 disassociative places that you can go when you're in those when you're when you're deep into drugs and so that's kind of more what's that what that's about and, and it's it's these songs are actually really janky sounding like they've got this weird crooked like like it's almost like a wind up toy, you know, this like fucked up wind up toy or something <laughs> shit like that, you know, where it's like really kind of like eerie and spooky and they're all different kinds of styles of tracks, but they're mainly trap style okay. hip hop tracks. Mm -hmm. So that's like, you know, I'm hoping to have that around Halloween at the latest. And then that's my three EPs that I have planned. And I got a couple other video things going on as well during the summer. Yeah. Nice. You recently actually just filmed a video at a local venue. I did. It's not a local venue. It's actually my uh, the boxing gym that I go oh, okay. to. Okay. Kamloops Boxing okay, Academy. Okay. Yeah. Ken uh, Ken Hoover. He's my boxing coach. He's my like my mentor. Um, he basically, you know, him and Pop from the, the Grotto, and with the help of some other people, they kind of like helped me put that whole thing together allowed me to use the space to do that because you know they support what I do and they believe in what I'm doing and they're excited about it so um you know it took it took a, a long time to set all of it up and I or maybe you know maybe I just work way too hard at things and I try to micromanage things because I don't want anything to go wrong so but I was on you know I made this list of people and this guest list of people this massive guest list of people um, it was catered um, the food was unbelievable and uh, five bean brew bar did the coffee pots uh, Ryan Clark was you know he's the head chef at hello toast downtown mm -hmm. he's amazing so he they basically put this wicked video shoot together and then Leon came down and you know uh, we had you know wicked lighting and you know DJ virtue came and was the DJ and and we did this song. A, this is a single. This is separate from all these other EPs. Okay. Yeah, it's just basically... Standalone. Yeah, it's just a standalone one, just for the video and an audio release or whatever, all one single. And yeah, it was pretty good, man. It was just kind of like because the, the first video was just me. The second video had was like about, you know, had the other guys behind the music on the first EP, which is, like I said, Lex Plexus and Brent the Butcher. Yeah. And those guys were in there. And then... You know, um, I kind of wanted to do a video that was 
you know, a lot, like I got a lot of support from the local community and I wanted to have everybody in a video with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the only thing I haven't really tried yet. So we had this song and we did this track and it was like, fuck, we listened to it. I laid the vocals into it and it was like, fuck this, be, you know, this would be a great video. And then Leon's like, this would be an awesome live video. Mm-hmm. And instantly started just, tur- the ideas started coming out. Like it was like, I'll call. I'm going to call some people and I just instantly had it lined up and I was like, okay. And then like less than two months down the road, the boxing gym's filling up with everybody. And I'm looking at Leon. I'm like, man, remember when we just like instantly said, you know, this would be like this and now it's happening. And it's not even that far away from when we thought of the idea like that, that to me is like special, you know, it's It's crazy how you can turn stuff around like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also I've been hanging around this town for years and a lot of people do know me and um, they've kind of, you know, especially some of these people that were involved in the video should have seen me go through my ups and downs and then seen me go through this change process that I'm still in the, you know, barely at the middle of. Yeah. And so I think they support me and they, they've got my back on that. So, yeah, it, it turned out really great. And I don't know when that's quite going to be ready to come out, mm-hmm. but hopefully soon. All right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So. Before we wrap up, before I ask you the last question of the day here, actually, there might be two more questions, but where can more of the listeners, the ambush, uh, where can they find out more about Daz the Punk? Well, um, I do have a Facebook page, a musician page. Just search Daz the Punk. That's D-A-Z-T-H-A-P-U-N-K, Daz the Punk. And I have an Instagram as well, which is also all one word, D-A-Z-T-H-A-P-U-N-K, Daz the Punk. So you can check me out on there and I've got links to, you know, um, you can you can also check out the music. It's on uh, most digital download platforms. The first EP that's out already is on, you know, things like Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play and all that kind of stuff, like any of those download sites. And I have got and I've got a YouTube channel as well as the punk youtube channel and there you'll find all my music videos all right yeah fantastic awesome so you happen to mention on the last little bit there talking about the community and how they were giving back to you i love them you recently have started to give back to the community through workshops helping other youth with uh learning how to write their own even though like you're pretty like, as some people would say, like, pretty new at this. You've already began to help new youth, maybe new underdogs, begin to hone their voice and help give them a method to hone their voice. So what has it been like to give back to the community? Well, the first time I did that, um, I have a very dear friend of mine who is a teacher at Kamloops Senior Secondary. He's the social justice and English 11 teacher. His name's Don Wilson. Um, he's a great guy I mean, and he's seen me around for years playing in punk bands and metal bands. He's been to a bunch of my shows. He knows a few of my buddies around in the other bands and he still comes out actually to some of, some of the shows that are happening. Um, he's the teacher up there and he asked me, Hey, would you be interested in teaching, you know, coming in and maybe talking about, you know, creative writing and stuff. And I, and this is like a long time ago. It was like a year ago or something. I, I was like, Oh, well for sure. You know? And when do you want to do this? Let's do it. And he's like, Oh, it won't be for a little while. And then we didn't talk to each other for a little while. And I bumped into him again at, at the, sh- at, uh, I think it was a Hemptress show at the Cami. And I was like, Hey, are we still going to do this or what? Like, he's like, Oh yeah, no, let's do this. And so we scheduled a day and I was kind of nervous. Cause I'm thinking like, Oh my 
you know, this, you know what are these kids going to think of me? Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to think I'm just some weird old weirdo from downtown or like, what are they going to think? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I look pretty crazy now. And, uh, but I made some notes about just basically, you know, my creative process and how I do things. And I brought some of my new songs that are unreleased as well, you know, and I showed them examples of how I put things together. And that's another thing too, is all my music has lots of swearing in it. This, you know, Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I like natural. swearing. Yeah, it's natural. So you know, I, I went up to the, the high school, and it was so strange. It was like all of a sudden there I was, walking through a hallway with a backpack on. You know, it was just <laughs> so fucking weird. It was like, it was like, whoa! I feel like like this is so weird. Anyways, I went to the the classroom, and by the time I'd got there, like you know, it was exciting. There was a bunch of kids that were actually waiting for me, and they mm-hmm. knew who I was. And you know, this guy's come up to me, and he's like dude, Daz the punk, man, like Daz the punk. And I was just like, what? The people know who I am in this high school. It's wicked. Like, so anyways, I stood up in front of the class and I did this thing and I was a little bit nervous because I, I kind of was, you know, never done it before. And then, um, that was this one of his classes and then he had a different class that was the same. So, you know, he teaches the same class, but it's in a different group of students. So, um, I went back there a couple days later and I, and I did another one, but this time I was way more relaxed and I had done more notes because I realized what I was missing on my first one. So I did, you know, made some more notes and I went in there super prepared and this time I made them write their own bars, you know, okay. and then I took all their bars and tried to formulate it into a rhyme. It, it was really difficult at first cause I, I was just like, you know, having trouble kind of getting everything together and had to take everyone's thing and arrange it they only did like one or two bars each anyhow i did that and then the the third time i went back and i kind of recited a bunch of stuff and then i freestyled for them Mm -hmm. and you know sat around and talked to them a little bit and now i have a new one that's coming up on april 2nd uh i'm going on to merit BC. I was invited to Merritt, BC, to the high school to talk to like 50 plus students. Oh, damn. Yeah. And, you know, this time I'm actually going to talk about drugs and alcohol and lifestyle. And I'm going to talk about um, creative writing and creative processes. I'm going to talk about my experience with music in the past and percussion and being a drummer and being like touring. And then I'm going to talk about hip hop mm-hmm. and um, try to, you know, uh, maybe I'll show them some of my music and stuff. But it's kind of, like, I'm also still kind of nervous because I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, but this this has everything to do with me. It's like, am I, you know, okay with doing this? Am I okay with myself, the way I sound talking? Yeah. Do, you know, do I feel like I deserve to be heard by these people or it can help them in, in, in any way? And so I'm really stoked about that. Yeah, it's really great. Like, they gave me these cards, so they all signed the cards saying, thanks, Daz the Punk, for coming to our school. <laughs> like, I was like, fuck it, hey, man. It made me feel really good. Yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, that's it was hype. good. That's super hype. And yeah. I mean, like, don't, don't worry about, like, possibly not worrying if you should be up there because there's that one kid who, like, is worried about his own looks and he's in high school We're all, too. And, like, he sees you up there and you're that beaming, you're that beaming light for him right there at that front of that You know, if there's dude. even one of those kids there, then I know that it's, it's done good, you know? That's what it's all about. Because I was that one kid Hell at yeah. one time. Hell yeah. And, you know... It's all about the underdog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to be for the underdog. Be one for the underdog. Sick. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining me here today. And Thanks to, for coming over. all about the transition. Hell yeah. No worries. Thank Big time. You. The songs that you heard today on the Desert Tiger podcast were one for the underdog followed by fire.
Both of these tracks come off of Daz the Punk's six-song EP, which you, you can find it right now on your favorite music streaming service. And when you're doing so, because I know you're going to go ahead and do so, you might as well hit the follow button while you're there too, so that you can stay up to date when Daz drops those other three EPs. Of course, we spoke about them here today. You heard all about them, so you're going to want to know when they release so that you can get them in your hands, inside of your ears, as soon as possible. I want to thank Daz the Punk one last time with a roaring DTP thank you. For not only joining me here on today's episode, but for reaching out to me so that we could set this up. I also want to go ahead and thank you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, for tuning in like the wonderful Am Bush that you guys are. If you're new to the show, maybe you want to go ahead and subscribe to Desert Tiger. Maybe you want to go ahead and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars would be fantastic. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode enough, maybe you want to share it on your social media. Go ahead and tag me, the Colton G, or Daz the Punk in those posts as well. Desert Tiger, tag that up too, so that we can show you love for showing us some love. Next week on the show, we are joined by professional wrestling legend Vance Nevada as we speak all about his career which started out in Winnipeg in 1993 and is continuing now as Vance is working up to his 27-year anniversary as a professional. And we're going to be going through all of the details of his journey through those 27 years, and I'm extremely excited to get there with you. So until next time, go ahead, find your mountain, climb to the top, no matter how many rocks Fall out from underneath you and all of that good stuff because that's adversity, baby. And adversity makes us stronger so that when we get to that top of the mountain, our voice, our powers, they can be at their fullest so that we can let them roar. We can let them shine from the top of our mountain so that we can inspire others, not rule over them because we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Exactly. And until next week, bye-bye.